Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 216, which we are recording on Thursday, April 9th, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And this is the second episode we're doing remotely as we shelter in place. It is actually week four of our shelter in place order. And I believe as it stands now, we are sheltered until May 3rd or 4th, something around there. Yeah, so we have a while left to go in our own homes, but we wanted to podcast as normal, stay on a somewhat normal schedule with podcasting and talk about knitting. Yeah, I hope that our podcasts can bring you a little bit of normalcy in this topsy-turvy upside down world. It's a difficult time. So hang in there, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to not acknowledge what's going on in the world. But we also do want to keep the focus on knitting. So we hope everyone listening is healthy and safe and doing all they can. Yeah. And if you have to go to work, if you're an essential worker, be safe out there and just do the best you can and be kind to each other. Yeah. And if anyone on listening right now as a healthcare worker, thank you so very much for all you're doing. Yeah, that I'm gonna start crying if we keep talking. <laughs> okay, so let's switch gears to what are you wearing, Charlene? Well, I'm not wearing a sweater today. But yesterday, I was wearing my confetti pullover. Confetti is a sweater, a pullover sweater, The pattern is by Vera Valimaki, and Gail and I have each made several versions of this sweater. I've made a striped version, and the striped version was the one that I was wearing yesterday. It's a fingering weight sweater, and I striped, let's see, I had one neighborhood fingering, neighborhood fiber company, and one dragonfly fibers, both in, obviously, both in fingering, and it was a, a wonderful sweater when I made it, and I am so pleased that I still reach for it. It's one of my, probably one of my more more worn sweaters. It's not something that I in any way try to save. I, I wear it anytime I feel like it. I really like it. The confetti sweater is, it has an A-line shape, and so it's very flattering and easy to wear. I really like the A-line shape these days. So do I. And I wear my confettis a lot too. And it was also fun to knit because it's just a top-down raglan with some A-line shaping. Yes, exactly. And I just wanted to mention that if you are going out and about, I have read that sweaters are not a recommended article of clothing to be wearing during this pandemic because you should be wearing clothing that you can immediately remove when you get back to your house and launder easily on in hot water. So sweaters aren't necessarily what you want to be wearing out and about these days. So I was just wearing it in my own house, but I just thought I would mention that. And Gail, what are you wearing? I am wearing one of my several boxy sweaters, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli that I'm sure 
you've heard of before. <laughs> Pretty much everyone <laughs> has either knit one or knows someone who has knit one. And as I put this one on, it's Neighborhood Fiber Company Rustic Fingering in, I think the colorway is Remington. I'm not 100% sure, but it's a purple that's tonal. And as I put it on, the color made me so happy, but I flashed back to, I really need to knit a gray boxy type sweater. So that is still up on my to-do list, high in my knitting to-do list, because it's a great sweater, just like confetti. I wear confetti all the time. I think boxy I wear just as often. So this style of sweater just is so easy to throw on with anything. So wearing boxy today, very happy with it. And I hope to knit a gray one sometime soon. I'm going to move it up higher in my queue. It's always fun when you identify a wardrobe need and can fill it with knitting. <laughs> yeah, and I have two different sweater quantities of gray. Now that I have my nicely reorganized stash where a lot of it's in the garage where I can actually see it really easily, I was. we have some hand weights and stuff in the garage. So Max and I were working out in the garage the other day and I was holding up the two grays for him, asking him, which one should I use for a sweater? So, <laughs> That was actually kind of fun to have that instant access to my stash. It's very nice. So what have you been stocking? I have been stocking more blankets. Interestingly enough, I am almost finished with the blanket that I have been working on for a couple of months now and was supposed to be my retreat knitting. And I found that I really enjoyed working on it during this stressful time. And there is a blanket that I have owned this pattern. Let's see, the pattern came out back in July of 2014. And Ooh. I probably bought it when it came out. It's a pattern by Helen Stewart called Georgie Baby Blanket. And it has, let's see, one, two, five colors. One color is sort of a background color. And then there's four colored panes, if you will, in the blanket. And I believe it is all done with slipped stitch knitting. I believe you're never working with more than two colors because each of the four sections is kind of like a wide stripe of each of the four color colors, the the contrasting colors is what I'm trying to say. So there's a background color and four contrasting colors, and you can do all four of the large slipped stitch sections in one color. Her samples use four different colors. And I've had this blanket in my queue off and on. And like I said, I've owned the pattern, I believe, since 2014. One of the things that happens when you buy a pattern, and then you don't knit it right away, sometimes you forget that you own the pattern. <laughs> As I did, and I was looking through blankets during this time when I'm at home, and almost finishing this blanket, and I was looking through, thinking if I wanted to make another blanket, what would I make? And I realized that, oh, yes, I actually own this pattern and have for years. So Georgie Baby Blanket might be back in the queue. It is knit in sport weight yarn, though, of course, it's a blanket. You can knit it 
with any weight yarn and make it work. So I haven't figured out if I have, I don't think I have anything in my stash for it. So it will, if I do knit this one, it would have to be at some point in the future when I can get yarn for it. But I like it. And that one is back in the queue. Well, and I'm looking at it, of course, since I can pull it right up on Ravelry while I'm sitting here. I think you could also do that with any number of contrasting colors, couldn't you? Exactly. You could yeah. You could do it any way you want. You could get really creative with it. And it's funny that you should bring up blankets. Normally, I wouldn't interrupt you during, what are you stocking? But we had our Yarniax Zoom meetup last Saturday, and a lot of people were talking about wanting to knit blankets right now. So we're considering doing a little mini blanket along. <laughs> well, and, then, and it was partially because of that conversation that I started stocking more blankets again. And during that conversation, we had also talked about another pattern by Helen Stewart called the Habitation Throw, which is a currently free pattern, I believe, for the entire month of April. Helen yes. is giving it away to anyone who wants to knit. And that one was originally made for advent calendar minis. So it's a fingering weight blanket. But again, it's a blanket, so you could do it with any weight. I don't have that many minis left anymore since I used most of what I had on the blanket that I'm currently knitting. But I was thinking there are probably lots of ways I can be creative and make it work. For example, I could pick three or four single skeins and either stripe it in the way that she's got the original sample striped, or I could do sections of color, or I could fade from one color to another. So I'm thinking about that one as well, because if I were to make that one and use single skeins, I would be able to start that one right now because I do have single skeins in my stash. <laughs> I think that would be a great way to use up some single skeins and stash. Yeah. Just like you said, you could do it in any way you wanted to make yeah. such a beautiful blanket. So exactly. If anyone's interested in doing a blanket along, I'm going to open a thread in the Ravelry group. And it's just going to be a fun along that people can do if they want. Because for a lot of us, blanket knitting is comfort knitting. And that's what a lot yeah. of us need right now. Yeah. And the blanket that I'm currently working on is quite thicker. It's, let's see, I have one strand of sport weight and one strand of fingering weight that are stranded together. So it's a heavier blanket and the habitation throw is quite a thin blanket because it's just one strand of fingering. So I can even be doing different weights of blankets. <laughs> Ooh, or you know what I just thought of? Because holding the two strands together makes such a cushy, thicker fabric, especially if you wanted something warmer because it's a blanket, you could also hold two yarns together for the habitation throw and you could do some kind of really cool marled effect or the possibilities are endless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, yeah, there's a lot that I could do with it. So sorry to interrupt your flow. What else are you stocking? Oh, that's, that's quite fine. So 
The third thing that I am stocking is the Yuko cardigan by designer named Rosa P. And that pattern is brand new. It just came out in April, 2020. It is this month. It is a top down, what looks like a raglan sweater, but it's short. And the cute thing about this is that it has built-in ties on the bottom of the sweater, which I quite like. I remember having sweatshirts like this with ties on the bottom hem, as opposed to a lot of sweatshirts I see now have ties on the neck. And I remember as a kid having sweatshirts that tied as a bottom. I don't know if that is a trend that comes and goes, or if that was just something that I had as a kid. I don't know. But as soon as I saw this, it reminded me of a sweatshirt I had when I was little. So of course, that caught my interest. And it's pretty basic. It's got buttons. And like I said, I th the pattern page doesn't say, but I think it is a raglan sleeve and the little ties are very cute. And of course, the, the pattern page pictures are really cute too. They just show somebody being very playful in the sweater, jumping up and down and having fun. So it does kind of remind me of a childhood thing. <laughs> cute. Yeah. Right now, the pattern is only available in German, so I don't know if it will eventually be available in English or if it would be something that I would have to translate. Not sure. But, because I can't, she doesn't really, she doesn't say there, and I haven't looked if any of her other patterns are available in multiple languages. But the sizing looks, the sizing is curious because I think, I actually think she has a mistake on the pattern page. Because down below on the pattern, the sizing says it goes from 34 to 48 or 100 to 143 centimeters. And then up above, it says only 34 to 38. So I think there's a a mistake in there. But if you look below, you can see the proper sizes. So 34 to 48 is what it looks like. So that is Yuku Cardigan by Rosa P. How about you, Gail? What are you stocking? Well, in addition to the Habitation Throw, which you just mentioned by Helen Stewart, that was on the top of my list. Oh, really? Also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also have two sweaters. First is the Felix Pullover by Amy Christophers. And many of you have probably already heard of this sweater. It comes in both a pullover, which is knit in Aran weight yarn, and a cardigan, which I think is knit in either DK or worsted. And they've been very, very popular. A lot of people have knit them already. And they are very simple. Both of them are top-down raglans. And in the raglan shaping, there is really pretty eyelet lace detail. So it's not complicated. It looks like it would be very easy to knit. And because the pullover, which I'm stocking, is knit in a heavier weight, I think it would be a very quick knit also. It I think it would take, be too. Yeah. 
I don't, I should look and see what size needles, but with thicker yarn like that, it's going to be a pretty quick knit. And it is cropped, but of course you could knit it to any length you want. And I happen to have a sweater quantity of DK weight yarn by Western Sky Knits. That's a Polworth and silk blend. And I've had this in my stash since at least 2015, maybe even earlier than that. And when I was organizing my stash, I had two skeins of Rowan Kid Silk Haze, which is a silk mohair blend, lace weight. And I held it up to the Western Sky Knits and thought, oh my gosh, these would be beautiful together. The Kid Silk Haze is just a little couple shades darker than the Western Sky Knits yarn. So it's going to be a beautiful kind of a muted turquoise and held doubled either I'll get pattern gauge or something close enough that I can do the math and, you know, maybe cast on a different size or something. But I also kind of like the idea of a more open fabric than the pattern gauge might be. So I think what I'm going to do instead of swatching to get pattern gauge, I'm going to swatch to get a fabric I like and then do the math from there. So that is the Felix Pullover by Amy Christophers. I'm super excited about that one. And can I just mention that? Can I just mention that I remember at Stitches West just two months ago, I saw somebody wearing the Felix Pullover and I wasn't sure what sweater it was. And I went over and asked her and it turned out it was the Felix. Yeah, it's popular. I think. Yeah. Look it up and see how long it's been available. I think. I want to say it could have been available during Rhinebeck, but maybe it came out after that Rhinebeck last year. So let me open it up and it says January of 2019. Oh, so so it's been out a while. Longer than I thought. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been out a while and it has 1194 projects. So popular. Yeah. Pretty popular. Oh, and for such an easy knit, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And the next thing I'm stocking is a cardigan sweater called Zephyr, and it's by our friend Celia McAdam Cahill. And we've been friends with Celia for a long time. She is a master knitter with the, what is the name of that association, Charlene? The Knitting Guild of America. Thank you. And TKGA. She is extremely talented. She did a lot of sewing before she became a knitter. So she has been transferring her seamstress skills into garment making. And that's one of the things I really like about the Zephyr cardigan is it looks like a very simple top-down raglan with some lace details in the front. And it is a button front. It's not an open front. And the thing about it that's really cool, the attention to detail that Celia brings, is that there is short row shaping that adds length at the top of the sleeve so that it doesn't bunch under your arm. Because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the raglan sweaters that I've knit, you end up with an abundance of fabric underneath your arm. So when you put your arms down, you have these folds of fabric. Well, she's using short rows at the top of the shoulder to help prevent that from happening. So when I looked at the pattern, well, I didn't look at the pattern. I looked at the pattern page on Ravelry I thought, wow, that is so smart. So I'm very tempted to knit that. The problem being it's in worsted weight, and I don't think I have a sweater quantity of worsted, but it's very tempting. 
because of the interesting detail on the raglan sleeve. And I'm guessing that one could use that technique in other sweaters maybe too. So Celia, I'm super excited to knit Zephyr and that is on or in my queue now. So what have you been knitting, Charlene? Well, I mentioned my blanket. The blanket I am doing is called Bits and Bobs. It's a pattern by Kay Jones of the Bakery Bears podcast. And mine, I've finished knitting the body of the blanket. And now I am just working on the edging. And I did start the I-cord edging gale to see how I would like it. And I think I'm going to continue it. I've only done oh, about 12 inches of it. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be stretchy enough, but it looks like it is the way I'm doing it. So I'm thinking I, I just might continue and cool. see how it goes. I can always pull it off and do a single crochet edging if I decide I don't like it later. But right now, I'll just continue. I'm not finding the I-cord edging to be very, how do I say this? It doesn't really flow for me because you have to <laughs> knit to, and then you, I can't remember, you do a yarn over in there and then you have to pull a couple stitches over. And so it it's a slow process, yes. but if it looks good, I don't mind the slow process. So we'll see. I'm going to I'm going to finish one side of the four and make sure that it's stretchy enough and make my decision at that point. Okay, I have two questions for you. One okay. is it hurting your hands and two what yarn did you decide to use for your border? I picked two of my leftover fingering weight yarns that I thought I had enough of. Oh, cool. <laughs> that at this point was the only that was the only factor I had to deal with. Do I think I have enough of it? Because, you know, I'm just using scraps. So it worked out that one of them is a dark gray blue. And one of them, I think it's Nymeria from Dragonfly Fibers. And the other one, of course, is a pale purple gray that looks like a logwood. And I'm not sure whose version of purple that is, because as you guys well know, whoever makes that purple gray color I buy no matter what dyer it is so <laughs> when they all jumbled together in my scraps sometimes I don't know which version I'm using but this one it looked like I had enough to make it all the way around the blanket so I'm using one strand of each of those together it matches the blanket and that's my only consideration at this point have enough to get beautiful. all the way around so I'm I think it looks really nice yay and is it hurting so, your hands so far, it's not. Good. I am using, I, based on your experience, I went up a needle size and I'm trying to make it very loose instead of tight. Since I used a sport weight yarn with a fingering yarn instead of two fingering weight yarns, I think I'm already using a larger needle. So perhaps the larger needle will stop me from getting sore hands. But I also haven't sat down and tried to knit it for a very long period of time either. So 
right now it's good. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. So that's my blanket. The second thing I am working on is my goldfish memory, which is a shawl pattern by Casapinka. I have worked through a couple more sections of this than last episode, and I think I am I only have two more sections. I'm I think I'm just about to head into the last section, which is one color. I've actually finished the skein of the first color and that color has ended and it was pretty amazing because I got to the end of the section where it says you can now cut I can't remember if it's contrast color one or whatever and it says you're done with that color and I was at the end of the skein I think I had about 12 inches left pretty amazing wow that's fantastic <laughs> Yeah, because I figured, well, if I don't have enough of one color, it's not going to be that big of a deal because I could just leave out a few stripes. It, it, I, it, I would have been able to make it work anyway, but I actually finished all the pattern repeats with just that 12 inches left. So now wow. I'm, I'm just about to finish the second to last section, and then I move into the last section, which is only one color, and I believe it's a lace section for the very end section of the shawl. It's actually oh, a stole, exciting. a parallelogram shaped stole. And I'm really excited. Oh, I, I can't wait I to wanna see finish it. this. Yeah. So again, we'll see if I'm able to finish the section that uses the second color and I'm sure I have enough of the third color. So I'm I'm good to go on that one. And then the third thing I am working on is a sweater called Blueprint. It's a pattern by Joan Forgione, and it's a boxy-shaped pullover that has some patterning on the front of the sweater. It's not a hugely popular pattern. There's only 29 projects on Ravelry, and the pattern has been out a couple of years, but I have seen it in a couple of places because moderator Robbie has made it. And when she made hers, I thought it was really cute. And I've always kind of had that one in not, I haven't, it hasn't been in my queue, but I've all, every time I come across it or see something by that designer, I say, oh yeah, she's the one that did that sweater that Robbie made. And it's a, boxy style sweater. Like I said, it's got some patterning on the front and I am using, I have a fingering weight yarn from Neighborhood Fiber Company that I am using for that. It's a tonal gray purple. <laughs> it's probably more purple than gray. I can't remember what the name is. It's got two, it's actually got two names or two words to the name and I can't remember what it's called. But the sweater is nice and I'm giving it a try. Barely cast that one on because I've been really excited about getting almost to the finish of both the blanket and the shawl. So I've been kind of focusing more on those two things. What are you knitting, Gail? In my hands right now, I am knitting on Josie's Blue Sands Cardi, which is a pattern by Rilili. 
and I know I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. I've been wearing my blue sands all the time around the house. It's such a wonderful sweater. And I'm knitting Josie's in Cascade Heritage Fingering Yarn, which I highly recommend. Very economical and a fabulous yarn. It's really, really a nice yarn to work with. And hers is going to make her look like an Easter egg, which is the joke around the house because it's light lavender, light aqua, and light gray. And she literally will look like a walking Easter egg. And that's what she's going for. So it's a good thing. And I am almost finished with the body. So it's a striped top down and she has different sleeve constructions available. I did the modified raglan sleeve shaping. And at the very bottom, you do a really nice textured edging and you do that for several inches. So I'm about an inch and a half maybe to go with the body. And then the real work begins because you put the body stitches on waist yarn and then you pick up from the bottom right edge of the sweater all the way up and it's about 23 inches from under the underarm to the bottom of the sweater. So it's a long cardigan. You pick up all the way up and then around the back of the neck and you pick up the provisional stitches you cast on in the begin beginning and then all the way down the next side. So there are a lot of stitches on the needles for the collar, which is done in ribbing. And then you bind off with an I-cord bind off that goes all the way around the sweater. So there's going to, I'm excited that the body's almost done, but I also know that that's not going to get me very close to the actual finished product because I have that big collar to do and then the sleeves. So right. it feels like I'm getting close to the end, but I know that there's a lot more knitting to go. Hopefully, <laughs> It's a big be, sweater. It's a very big sweater, but it's beautiful. So very excited by that one, Blue Sands Cardi. I also, thanks to the talk about blankets on the Zoom call last Saturday, have picked up my sock yarn blanket, which has been languishing for a very long time. I don't think I've knit on it maybe in a year, and it's been a long-term whip anyways. I think I've been working on it for four or five years. So I picked it up and I cast on a new square. I have about 45 squares probably until it's finished. And I thought at first, I'd try to do a square a day during shelter in place. And then I thought, no, I don't really want the blanket associated mentally with being stuck at home. So I'm oh, trying to knit on it yeah. during fun times of the day. I found I was picking it up to knit on it during when the brief periods that I'm watching the news. And that makes me sad and I don't want to knit sad into my blanket. So I'm trying to figure out how to knit it without making it something that has unpleasant memories associated with it, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, I understand. I okay. understand. I had I had thought of that too, but I haven't felt, I haven't felt like I'm knitting sadness into anything yet. But if I did feel that way, I certainly wouldn't want to, like you, wouldn't want to associate that with something that was so long-term yeah so that's my thinking with that one so it's just gonna you know slowly get work its way towards finish slowly yeah so 
Yeah, and I'm, I've never been in a hurry to finish it, obviously, since it's been a work in progress forever. So I shouldn't feel the need to really speed it up now. And I also cast on the throwover sweater by Andrea Mowry, which I was stalking in the last episode. I think I'd even swatched for it. And I am using the Farmer's Daughter Pishkin DK. The pattern calls for a worsted. And I think this DK is on the lighter side of DK. And the gauge for the sweater is, I think, something like 16 and a half stitches over four inches. And I was getting a fabric I liked at like 17 and three quarters inches or stitches to the to over four inches. So I did the gauge math and decided to cast on for a sweater three sizes larger than I normally would because that's hopefully going to yield the size that I want. And it is a positive ease oversized sweater anyways. So I know that I have wiggle room. It doesn't have to be super fitted. So it doesn't have to be super exact on the gauge. But I also wanted to make sure I wasn't going to run out of yarn. Right. So I cast that on and I got as far as knitting the collar. And then I stalled out because I had another thing I needed to finish. And I picked up Josie's sweater and I've just been knitting merrily along on that. So Throwover hasn't had much love, but I can't wait to start knitting it. I'm super excited about it. So that was my third project, The Throwover by Andrea Mowry. I'm very excited to see your throwover, too. I know. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun story. <laughs> we would like to thank our sponsor for the month of April, Infinite Twist. Can I offer you a free thing? As there is obviously no shortage of overwhelm at the moment, I'd like to try to make your day just a little bit sweeter. Here are the latest free offerings from Infinite Twist. Giant Gradient Bias Scarf. It's designed in squishy, meditative, don't have to think about it garter stitch. This bias knit scarf is perfect for new knitters, travel or social knitting, or anyone who just wants to sit back and let the yarn do the work. Available as a free download on Ravelry. Next is the Floating Ribs Bias Shawl, an elongated heart-shaped shawl with interlacing brioche ribs in a great size for multi-season wear. Scrunch it up and wear it as an oversized winter scarf or wear it around your shoulders as a transitional layer for fall and spring, also available as a free download on Ravelry. Next is Kate's Yarn Stars. Next is Kate's Yarn Stars. Create colorful stars to bring rays of joy to any space using popsicle sticks and scrap yarn. Available as a free PDF download in the Infinite Twist Shop. If you find yourself in need of some hand-dyed goodness, I hope you'll think of Infinite Twist. Stay safe, stay home, stay well. And thank you, Kate. I get her newsletter as well. And when she sent the yarn stars pattern out, it was such a cute like heartwarming newsletter because she was suggesting that people drop off bundles of popsicle sticks and scrap yarn to any homes in the neighborhood that had children and or to make them to to hang in your window for any children in the neighborhood. Oh, it was just wow. such a sweet idea to, yeah, to go and do that for the children in your neighborhood. So check that one out. So thank you, Kate. They're all cute patterns, but the yarn stars, you don't even know need to know how to knit. Nice. Yeah. So I think the only issue is being able to find popsicle sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. So what have you finished since the last episode? 
I have finished my Ellery sweater. This is actually my second version of this sweater. It's a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. Ellery is a circular yoke pullover and it has slip stitch patterning in the yoke. It's slightly oversized and I knit mine in a combination of a smooth fingering weight yarn stranded with a mohair. At Stitches West, Elizabeth had a version of the sweater that she had knit that way, stranded with a mohair, and I liked it so much, I decided I had to have one too. <laughs> and I picked... And you know what I just realized? What? I didn't try one. I was going to try one on at Stitches, and I forgot to try one oh. on. Oh. What a dope. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> I know. And then I thought I'd be able to try it on at Knockers. And of course, we had to cancel Knockers. Right. So what a bummer. Oh, right. Well. well, you'll be able to try mine on eventually. That's true. And so I did purchase yarn at Stitches for mine. My fingering yarn is Merino 17 from Western Sky Knits, which I have to say is probably my new favorite yarn to knit these days. I knit a Jessica Jones cowl with it and I knit a love note with it. And both those were just wonderful. I love the feel of this yarn. It's super, super soft. The 17 in the name of the yarn refers to the micron count. And so if you guys remember, the lower the number, the softer the yarn. So 17 is actually a very soft merino because most merino has a higher micron count. So 17 is special and nice and I love it. <laughs> it is so soft and squishable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's really the difference between that and like 100% merino is remarkable. Well, this it's 100% merino. It's just a lower micron count merino so what i should say is the difference between most skeins of 100 percent merino that you hold in your hand versus the 100 percent 17 merino correct is correct <laughs> yeah, it's seriously there's there's a noticeable difference yeah there really crazy. is it feels silky almost very very nice mm -hmm. and so for mine, I used, it's a slightly, very slightly speckled color called Pressed Flowers, which mm, maybe doesn't show off the slip stitch pattern as it, at its best, but I really liked the colorway and the mohair combo, and I kept picturing it as this sweater, so I had to give it a try, and I really loved it, so I just kept going with it. So I love, love, love this sweater. I haven't been able to wear it out yet. I've worn it a couple days around the house, but I'm really looking forward to be able to wearing it out in public amongst people again. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so that is my Ellery sweater. And I finished, I did finish my Land of Sweets, but not as a finished object. I decided to rip that one out. So that one is officially, has officially been frogged. I thought I would like 
a solid version of this cowl, but after I knit several inches of it, it just wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> I have a, I, I do mm. have a picture of it in my project page on Ravelry, but it's officially been ripped. And what I'm thinking I'm going to do is try striping different sections with a stranded mohair and see if that gives me the striping effect because the original cowl was also like the blanket that I talked about earlier and this one is also a Helen Stewart pattern but like the blanket it was originally intended to be knit with advent calendar minis so I'm not using advent calendar minis I thought I would like it knit all in one skein of yarn but when I did that, I realized, oh, I guess I do kind of like stripes more than I thought I did. So I'm going to try striping in different color mohair and see what effect I get with that. And if I don't like that, then I'll rip it again and try it with something else because there's nothing wrong with the pattern. The pattern is beautiful. I'm just being creative and trying different things. <laughs> That's good, though, because it's a good canvas for that. It is. It is. And it's fun. And it it's always interesting to me to see how different color mohair looks stranded with a smooth fingering, because it really changes the appearance of the fabric. And that will be mm -hmm. interesting to see. I'll be sure to take pictures whether I decide to keep that one or not. So... Those good. I'm interested to see. Yeah. So those two things are the only thing I've finished. Have you finished anything, Gail? I have. I mentioned that I didn't work on the throwover sweater because I was trying to get some things finished and into the mail. And I sent off a package to my daughter, Alex, and it contained the fairy dust cardigan, which is the pattern by Danny Sunshine, which I've knit a couple times already. And I knit one for Olivia. The only problem, and I'm doing problem in air quotes, is that I ran out of yarn. So I used candy skein worsted, two skeins that I had left in my stash that have been there in my stash for a very long time. And I somehow convinced myself that I could knit this long enough that it would fit Olivia for a while. But <laughs> I think it's going to just about hit the diaper line of her body, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. So it won't fit her for very long, but that's all right. It doesn't need to fit her for that long, right? No one needs to fit her for a little while, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself. <laughs> okay. Well, as long we'll as possible. You want it to fit as long as possible. So hopefully it will be a little while. Yes, hopefully. And my fingers are crossed. So it should arrive there within the next couple of days. And then um, hopefully it will be longer on her than I think it's going to be. So we'll see. My fingers are crossed. And Alex and I had a very funny text exchange about it because the wee Malia that I knit for her, she wears that out every time they go for walks now. And she sent me a picture of Olivia in the stroller wearing her wee Malia sweater with her bits and bobs blanket Aww, over her lap, which of that's course awesome. was just <laughs> the best. It was awesome. But Alex was asking me, you know, well, how long do you think it will fit her? And I said, oh, maybe for a day. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and then the other thing I sent, so Alex has just been starting to get back into walking lately. 
So she's been out and about and she lives in Spokane, Washington, where it's cold. And she and I both have, if you're, if our heads get cold, especially our ears, we get raging headaches. And the first day they went out, she didn't wear a hat and she got a raging headache. And I said, considering who your mother is, you should have knit hats. It's too bad you won't wear them. And she said, okay, I'll reconsider. I'll wear a knit hat. She said, I just wish that I could wear it with a ponytail. And I said, well, imagine this. I can actually knit you a ponytail hat. So I sent her a picture of the copycat CC beanie, which I knit for myself as a ponytail slash messy bun style. And she said, I would love it. And I said, great, what color? And she said, black, of course. So I ordered a skein of Madeline Tosh Vintage in Onyx, and it arrived very quickly. And I knit up that hat in just a couple of days, and it's really cute. So I got that into the package with the fairy dust cardigan and sent that off to them. So hopefully I'll have finished object pictures on my Ravelry site soon of them wearing their objects instead of Olivia's sweater on a hanger and Alex's hat on my head. So those were two FOs and Alex is so excited. She's, she said, I just can't wait to wear it. I'm so excited. It's so cute that she's super excited because I've knit something just for her. And her family in Spokane is already trying to put in orders for their own. So. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yep. And then I also finished a hat that I cast on for myself. It's the pattern called Making Spirits Bright by Mary Annarella. And I used the rest, not all the rest, but some of my remaining Tosh Merino Light in the Molly Ringwald color and my Western Sky Knits silk mohair and blush, which is the same combination I used for my Magnolia Chunky Cardigan. I used it for a hat because I had a giant pink pom-pom that had little black tips on it that I thought would look adorable with this hat. But once I finished the hat, it wasn't a very good match. So I pulled out my pom-pom stash because doesn't every knitter have a stash? I actually have quite a few and I found a really, really cute faux rabbit pom-pom in my stash and they, it looks super cute. So it's this little puffy gray thing on top of this fluffy pink patterned hat. It's adorable. So I'll have pictures up on Ravelry of that great pattern. It looks like little trees and it's all done with cabling, which most of it, you don't even need a cable needle. So great pattern. It was very easy, very fun knit. And I just adore, I'm playing with the FO right now because it's so soft. I'm kind of petting it. So nice. <laughs> that is Making Spirits Bright by Mary Anarilla. I love the name. Yeah, it, she, it was a Christmas time release, I think. So, and it, she said, you know, because it looks like trees. Oh, okay. It was a good, yeah, holiday themed pattern release so well and I just feel like right now everybody could use with a little spirit lightning <laughs> or brightening <laughs> yes I agree all right so we were going to talk a little bit about increases as part of our sweater series for 2020 aren't we yeah and we can't really teach you how to do increases this way but hopefully we'll just give you some some food for thought to think about increases and to think about 
increases, well, ways to pick or how to pick increases when you're trying to figure out which kind of increase to do. And most of the time, a pattern will tell you, it will specify a type of increase. So there might be an eyelet increase, which will give you a small hole, or it might be a left or right leaning increase, which gives you a specific slant to the increase, or it might be a knit front, knit back increase, which is not my favorite because it does leave a little hole and it doesn't slant in a specific direction necessarily. So there are a lot of different kinds of increases and they will often be indicated in the pattern, but I've been known to change the type of increases because I like one look better than another. Right. And like Gail said, a lot of patterns these days, if you're looking at a contemporary pattern, most of them do say which specific increase to use. If you're looking at perhaps an older pattern, often it may not specify. And I've found that a lot of times patterns in magazines or books won't necessarily specify the type of increase. And I think the reason for that is because in magazines and books, they are trying to put as little information in there as possible because printing is printing costs money and whenever anything is in a magazine they're trying to condense it as small as possible think of those old vogue magazines especially for me come to mind when they would have a whole pattern for one sweater scrunched into two columns on a page <laughs> Uh, and there makes me shudder. Yeah, and think. there would be <laughs> as little information as possible, and perhaps the second side won't even have information on how to do it. It will just say repeat the other side, reversing all shapings, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, it generally those kind of patterns won't tell you what kind of increase to use. But increases and decreases are always used to shape your fabric. So if you just knit back and forth, back and forth, you'd have a rectangle, but obviously a big rectangle won't necessarily fit your body perhaps the way that you want it to. There are sweaters that are made of big rectangles and they fit a certain way, but obviously not every sweater you want to fit the way a big rectangle fits. So that's what you use increases or decreases for. And Gail had mentioned a whole bunch of different kinds, and I kind of divide them into two types, and there's probably more, but in my head, I think of them as the visible or decorative increases. And then two, I guess I would call it, they're not necessarily invisible, so they would be the less visible increases or the ones that aren't necessarily meant to be decorative. Does that make sense? Because yeah, there's not really a totally invisible way, but there are less visible increases. Yes. Versus an eyelet increase or a yarn over increase that gives you an eyelet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, And we should mention that these increases apply to any type of knitting, hats, shawls, yeah. gloves, anything. Yeah. It's not just garments by any stretch. Right, right. Anytime you want something shaped you're going to have to increase or decrease. 
unless like I said you just end up with a rectangle if you just knit straight or a rectangle square that kind of thing mm -hmm. and usually increases are done on the public side of a piece but they don't necessarily have to be done especially if you're knitting lace that could have increases on any side and sometimes patterns won't specify which side you do them on so sometimes you'll have to look up how to increase on the purl side as well and when you do increase on the purl side always look at it and see what it looks like on the public side because the public side obviously is the one that you want to make sure looks the way you want it to look that should be obvious but <laughs> sometimes when you're knitting along knitting along and perhaps you're doing your increase you forget to check the other side but if you do your increases on the non-public side always check to see what it looks like on the public side and then you had mentioned that's a good tip let's see you had mentioned several increases so i think i have a list here but i think you've already mentioned them like the popular less visible increases what are they let's see the first one it can be called the bar increase or that's the knit front and back that's the one that you i think you said you didn't necessarily like correct yeah i don't like the way it looks yeah on the public side yeah and probably the reason that Gail doesn't like it is because it's called the bar increase because you end up with one stitch that looks like a purl stitch. So sometimes if, for example, if you're using it to increase along a raglan line, sometimes the designer will use that to create a pattern and use the bars to line up strategically so that you get a nice vertical line along your raglan so that's that's one possible use it's not the bar increase or the knit front and back is not as invisible as i think the lifted increase is one that's fairly invisible as is the make one left and right lifted increases are my favorites i just think that they look so much cleaner especially for raglan shaping i love the way they give the shape to the raglan increase mm -hmm, line mm -hmm. i just love them yeah and then i think the most common visible increase is the yarn over yeah and that's, that's a decorative one it creates yeah it's a decorative increase that yeah. creates a little hole a planned hole and it's used in lace all the time to create the little holes in lace so if a pattern doesn't say what kind of increase to do a couple of things i would remind you to remember are to consider the placement of the increase where is it is it up front and center on a garment is it on the side is it on the bottom because that will help you determine if you want to research to find a less visible increase or if it doesn't matter if it's not something that's going to be seen then you could use a knit front and back for example consider the look that you want to achieve like gail was talking about 
having a certain look along a raglan shoulder. If you like to have a certain look of increases lining up that way, then you might want to use an increase that has some kind of visible, some kind of visible line that will line up strategically, I guess I should say. <laughs> and then yeah. the other thing to remember is just to be consistent. So if there's an increase, for example, on either side of a center stitch, use perhaps a matched increase like a left and a right make one and then always use that same one on the same side don't switch back and forth always use the same one on either side there are some designers that prefer to lean increases one direction and there are some designers that prefer to lean increases in the other direction for example and most contemporary patterns will say which one to use but if they don't just be consistent. <laughs> you know, I'm really glad you pointed that out, that different designers will lean it in a different direction. Mm -hmm. So for example, A-line shaping. So if you are increasing down a seam along the side of the sweater, whether it's a princess seam or whether it's closer to the actual side seam, typically you will do either, either a make one right or a make one left on either side of your marker and it will be consistent either way around but i always assumed when i was in my earlier knitting days that every designer would do it the same so like every designer would do make one left before the marker and make one right after the marker so that's not always true because some designers will do the opposite of that which for a long time i thought i was kind of crazy because why would designers do it differently but it's just because it looks different yeah. people are going for a different look it's a so. different look and some will do it one way and some will do it another way and you can change it if you prefer a different look you can always change it you can always if you think for example along a raglan edge if you think you'd like a yarn over you can exchange whatever increases written into the pattern and exchange it for a decorative yarn over, for example. I've seen raglans with yarn overs along the raglan line, and it's just a different look. I'm guessing that's what the Felix cardigan slash Felix pullover is, because it has the pretty detail around oh, the Oh, it does have little holes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that'll well, be interesting. Some kind of eyelet yarn over. Yeah. And the fairy desk cardigan that I just finished, it's a circular yoke cardigan and the increases are done with yarn overs. So it gives that pretty lace detail around the yoke. Nice. So specific look achieved by a specific increase. Yeah. So again, can't necessarily teach you guys how to do increases, but hopefully that's just a little bit to help you think about choosing increases and if you need to research to find different increases there's lots of resources online we'll try to put some in the show notes and also that same vogue knitting reference that i spoke of in the last last time we did a school of knit segment we i can't remember what it was oh cast-ons when we talked about cast-ons i had said that the vogue knitting reference book was a good one. Same and same for this. It has different increases and there are, that's not the only one. There are so many good 
reference books out there. So don't be afraid to buy something used if you come across it very inexpensively in a used bookstore because the information is still good. Yep. And I always recommend Very Pink as a good online resource too. She has great tutorials for so many things, including lots of different increases and decreases. Great. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So hopefully you found that useful. And we also are going to wrap up the episode today with a little check-in on the self-indulgent knit-along. So we extended that out till at least May 1st, and I'm thinking probably June 1st now because we in California are sheltering in place at least until May 3rd or 4th. So we're going to do it for the duration of what most people are staying at home. That's as long as our self-indulgent no longer will continue. And we each looked through the FO thread to come up with some of our favorites. And one of my favorites was by Eliza, who is Apollo 1GCW. And she knit a shawl called To The Point. And she used rainbow hand spun striped with a different neutral color. It is so beautiful. And when I saw it was hand spun with the rainbow colors, I was, she won me over instantly. So <laughs> I thought it was so, so, so pretty. And she commented that any, anywhere she takes a picture, it looks like it's glowing. Well, yeah, because it looks like it's glowing because it's beautiful rainbow hand spun. So <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful, Eliza. And did you have one, Charlene? I've got so many that I liked. This is really hard. I just opened the thread on Ravelry and I was clicking around to look for the first one that I picked. And then I opened up one page and it reminded me of another one that I really liked. So I'm going to mention a couple. <laughs> the first one, let's see, it's post 76 and it was knit by Kend Knitter, who is Kendra. No way. I have the same one oh, as gosh. one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she yep, knit a Soldatna crop and it is so cute. She picked just these fabulous colors and she's got bright red in it and she's got red framed glasses and she just looks so happy and excited to have finished her sweater. Yep. I love that one. Love that one. The second one that I picked was, let's see if I can find it quickly. That's pretty cool that out of 165, well, 165 people put posts in there. Yeah. Most of you have knit more than one thing in that post. So over like 250 things to choose from, you and I both picked one of the same That's things. funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I love it. So the second one I picked was knit by Espresso Bean, a.k.a. Zoe. And Zoe, she knit yep. the Hanali pullover and she knit it in hand spun and it looks fabulous. I love her color choice. It looks like a very warm gray or maybe a tan and she's got a kind of pink tonal in there. It's got a circular yoke and I love that one. Love that one. So let's see, what does she call her project? She just calls it the Hana Lee pullover, but that is post 143 and we'll put links in the show notes you have another one gail yeah and i loved all of zoe's finished products i always do she and i have very similar aesthetics and sweater <laughs> uh, another one of mine was by mickey mclean 
and it's the Hamiko sweater by Rubrico, and I've been stalking that sweater. So I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast too. When I saw this in the FO thread, I was so excited because I'd never seen anyone, I quote, know who had knit it before. So it's a really pretty, slightly oversized sweater that is mostly in a lace. Like the whole body is a lace, I believe. And it's just a beautiful sweater. And she knit hers in Cascade Heritage Silk, which is one of the yarns I'm using on Josie's sweater right now. So it could be a very affordable sweater to knit with that yarn choice. And it just looked beautiful. So I loved that one. That was Hamiko by Ruriko. Yay. Another one I picked is Post 156 by R. Derby's. And that is Rebecca. She knit something called the Woodland Loafers. And I have just thought this pattern is so cool because they're slippers, knit slippers, and they look so cozy and warm. They're not felted, but they slip on with like an actual top. They're not like socks. They they look like actual slippers. <laughs> Well, and they're called loafers, to get there. so they're pretty cool, pretty, pretty cool. And it looks like, I don't know what yarn, let's see, she used Malabrigo Chunky, but it, to me, when I look at it, I think it could probably be knit in the brown sheep wool, which has a little bit of mohair, which be would be a really good choice because the mohair gives the wool st some strength too. But it's a, it looks like a great pattern. So I really like those. Rebecca's Emerald those Loafers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. And then the... All right. Did you have any others? I do. I have one more that I'm going to get in quickly. It's post 158, posted by Danny Boop, a.k.a. Danielle. And she posted several crochet amigurumi, and some of them were Mario-themed, some of them were Pokemon-themed. She had two of the little alien Mandalorian babies, and then a whole set of what she calls flat bunnies. And it was just really fun to look through her post with all of these little amigurumi creatures. I love those, absolutely love them. So she's very, very talented crocheter, and I also looked through her projects and she had a crochet Totoro. So I was very fond of that one because <laughs> I'm very fond of my Totoro. She also knit the Velma sweater in one of our knit alongs. Oh, okay. Look like Velma in Scooby-Doo. Oh, yes. Yes. I remember that. So cool. Very cute. Stuff. Very cool. All right, and we wanted to keep some fun involved in the knit along. So we're gonna give away some prizes every time we record while the knit along is going on. So today we're going to do one pattern from Brenda Castile, one pattern from Jen, Boston Jen. It's one of her hats and I have to get back to the thread where it lists the pattern. I wanna call it the thumper hat, but that's probably not right. And we're going to sponsor one pattern for up to $8 on Ravelry. I was right. It's the thumper hat. Huh. Yay. <laughs> so I pulled, I pulled three people randomly from the FO thread. And the first winner is post number 122, which is Michelle. She is peaceful 22, P-I-E-C-E, 
full 22. And she knit a beautiful sweater called the Thornton Pullover in a beautiful kind of dark red tonal kind of color. It's really beautiful. And then you guys, you're not going to believe this. This is not rigged. This is totally 100% random number, ge number generator. Post number 76, Kendra, who is Ken Knitter, who we both picked as one of our favorites. Oh, wow. She actually won from the random number oh, generator. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. I thought people are going to think I rigged this, but I swear <laughs> it was random number generator. Cool. And the next person is post number three, who is our good friend, Carol love pie and i completely not rigged it was i got to post number three and just started cracking up <laughs> good friend of ours so and carol knit two hohi shawls she knit the pure joy and the hohui shawls she also knit the early morning mitts and she knit a donner and you and i both love the donner pattern so well done carol and let's do it this way the first person to contact me you can have your choice of either the thumper hat from Boston Jen, or a pattern from Brenda Castile, who is good stuff, or any pattern on Ravelry, $8 or less. And then the second person gets the second choice, third person gets third choice. So when you listen, contact me, Gailey Whaley, on Ravelry, and we'll get you the prizes. So we're going to try to keep it fun and give away some prizes every once in a while. So there we go. All That's right. The first round. Well, that sounds great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate you at this difficult time, and we hope that you are doing the best that you can. And remember not to be so hard on yourself. Just do the best that you can and get through it one day at a time. And happy knitting, and everybody, wash your hands. <laughs> happy knitting, everyone. And don't forget, every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, we are doing a Zoom. So there will always be a thread for that in the Ravelry group. And everyone's welcome. So hopefully we'll see some faces to go along with the names we've come to know and love. So happy knitting. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.